there is an opportunity at this time, this season for us to pause and consider life and the splendid mystery of how it continues, renews, and changes all the time. Whatever metaphor you look through, I just returned from a vacation with my partner. We had talked about going away on vacation somewhere in March or April, you know, after my schedule cleared up a little bit. And neither of us had been to Japan, so we said, why not? Let's go to Japan. So we got all busy planning to go to Japan and uh, looking at flights and hotels. And at some point, we just started scratching our head because everything was so booked up and flights were so expensive and we wondered why and then we realized oh my goodness we had unknowingly picked the height of Japan's famous cherry blossom season for our visit you know it's a time when the entire nation of Japan comes to see one of nature's most spectacular displays blooms It dominates the entire country. And indeed, people from all over the world come. So some trivia first. Did you know that the cherry blossom capital of the world is right here in the United States? Macon, Georgia. Right. It's got more than 350,000 cherry trees. Yeah. And did you know, you probably do, that... Japan, I think it was in the 1900s, sent a gift of um, several thousand, I think, cherry trees to Washington, D.C., and they bloom every spring. So you don't have to fly 5,000 miles to see this phenomenon. You can see it right here in the United States. Cherry blossoms are the national flower of Japan, and they're known as sakura, and they represent to the Japanese people renewal and optimism. Because as spring returns, each pink and sometimes white blossom emerges as a beautiful and visual announcement that winter is ending and spring is returning. But in a very special way that I learned all about, and the word that comes to mind for this special way is ephemeral meaning lasting only briefly, and then it's gone. But it comes back, just not the same as it was. That's the Easter message. That's the spring message. Each new season brings a new bloom. Life continues, but it doesn't stay the same. There's a vulnerability in that, one that can crack us open to life. You see, the shortness of the cherry blossom season, and it's just over a week, two weeks, it's a reminder to be present for life, to notice and to embrace the changes that are part of the natural flow of things. And because the season it's so short. There's a lot of attention on it. And you know, you got to pay attention or you could miss it. 
Of course, it will come again. There's always next year. But this one, this season, when it's here, can I be present for it? I find that to be a lovely message for my life right now. Can I be present for what is here? Because it's the only time it will ever be here. If for about 1,200 years, the exact time of the Sakura bloom has been recorded, and it's been relatively dependable, but recently world temperature increases have been changing the timing of the bloom, and it's becoming earlier and earlier and earlier. So this year, I got to visit it in the first week of Japan, right in the middle of the bloom, the first week of April. And so during the time I was there, I could see the cherry trees changing in that short time. So I walked along canals where heavy branches were heavily hanging over with pink blossoms dangling over the water, dropping them. And I walked through parks where fluttering petals were raining down. Each time a breeze shook a branch, littering the paths with beautiful pink snow. And it seemed like all of Tokyo's 14 million citizens, plus half of the world, was there with me to see it. And I wondered, why are all these people coming here? Well, for one of the reasons I've already mentioned, it's absolutely beautiful to witness. And there is another reason. In Japan, there is a cultural awareness of the impermanence of things. Not as something tragic, rather something to be loved and cherished. Not as something to cling to, but as something to witness with awe. So the cherry blossom season illustrates this. It illustrates it because it's both short and it also returns. And when it returns, it looks the same, but it's not. Ah, I'll be honest with you. I struggle with impermanence. I've been on a lifelong journey of what's that 12-step prayer? Accepting the things I cannot change. Not in a defeated way, but rather like that, you know, taking in a deep breath of inspiration. The kind that one takes when they see the Grand Canyon for the first time and realize how vast it is and yet it's been changing for centuries. Like the kind of breath one takes in when they see their grandchild for the first time and love just emerges Because it's in cases like these that we may find that awareness that we are witnesses to this ephemeral, magnificent, evolving, changing life experience. 
So the cherry blossom is kind of like an invitation to pay attention to life's moments. Not only the Grand Canyon moments, but to have as much of it as we can, to be present for it by accepting life as a moving, evolving, changing experience because there is life after the bloom. There's the green of summer, the thinning out of the fall, and there's the reality that some of us move on to other experiences of being leaving the next bloom to be witnessed by those who stay behind. Many people, for this reason, struggle with change. I know, I've been there, (laughs) slammed sometimes. I'm on this lifelong journey, as I said, to be at peace with change, both those changes that I want and those that I'm surprised that I have to face. I'm even teaching a class on embracing change in June. You know how it is, you teach the thing that you need to most learn? (laughs) And in this class, we'll be exploring the idea that behind all change is something permanent, something eternal upon which all external Events depend for their existence. And so we'll explore the nature of change and also the role that worry and uncertainty play in making it sometimes difficult for us to move forward with change. And we'll see if we can develop a sense of adventure for change. (sighs) So the first part of this spring message is life continues, evolves, And returns. And the second part of the message is, and in addition to accepting the inevitability of the changes, we can also participate in life in a creative way. We don't have to be completely passive. So at the Center for Spiritual Living, we learn not only to embrace change, but also to be part of engineering change. So that's the rest of that 12-step prayer. Accept the things I cannot change and also the courage to change the things that I can. It's both and. So we learn to use our imaginations to set new directions for our lives, for the planet, for our cities, for our community. So there's a balance between going with the flow and forging new paths of creativity. And so we learn to become aware of what life is, but not to get bogged down by what we've become used to. We learn to open our minds to allow new possibilities to flow in so that we can keep on growing in our experience forever and forever in this world and the next, whatever that may be. There is a phrase in our teaching that comes to mind, mental equivalent. Now, you have a mental equivalent, and I have a mental equivalent for everything. A mental equivalent is nothing more than 
how I view and experience the world. So, for example, if I say the word chair, something probably popped into your mind. You likely have at least one mental equivalent for a chair, an image for what it means to you. You likely have some history that informs that image. You have a regular or normal chair equivalent. And yet, not all chairs are like the one in your mental equivalent. And right there is where creative potential exists. Can I expand my mental equivalent to let in more of life's possibilities so that each new spring, some of my intentions can grow me and accept more. And I can do that by asking myself, what newness wants to be born in my life right now? I love that question. What newness wants to appear in my life right now? And I don't always know how exactly to answer it. Sometimes I need a little help to expand my imagination, to expand it beyond what I've known, beyond what I've accepted up until now, because I tend to get used to what I have called normal and accept it. So I want to share with you another experience I had in Japan. It was an experience of expanding my mental equivalent. But first, let me set the scene to give you an example of something that happened right here in Santa Rosa. Some of you know that recently we hosted our movement's annual convention right here at our center, and people came from all over to be here. And one of my colleagues, another minister, walked into the sanctuary right there into that door and stood there for a moment and looked around and started crying. I went over to ask her what was going on, and she said, I've just had my mental equivalent blown up. I had no idea that a center for spiritual living could be this beautiful. I've been thinking too small, she said to me. She said, I've become so used to what I have that it is now normal for me and I don't think beyond it. But today, I have a new normal, a new mental equivalent, and I loved witnessing that renewal in her eyes. I could see the possibilities starting to move like gears in her head. Something new was taking place in her consciousness. Maybe it had always been there, but it just needed a nudge to crack the egg open, to let a new experience, a new wonder emerge. I had a similar experience for myself in Japan. You see, in addition to seeing an immense, natural, beautiful expression in nature in a huge urban city, I also got to witness a whole new way of being that expanded my mind. You see, Tokyo is one of the largest and most populous cities in the world. And there is no garbage anywhere. 
and hardly a single garbage can to see. Not a cigarette butt, not a plastic bag, not a spilled cappuccino. Nada. Nothing. To the point where when my partner and I saw a candy wrapper on the subway floor, we stopped to take a photograph of it. <laughs> it was that out of place. Up until my visit to Tokyo, my mental equivalent for cities was limited to my normal to what I'd become used to. And I guess I have accepted that as the only way it can be. I expect cities to be, well, you've likely been to a city recently, haven't you? And I think some part of me just gave up. Kind of just waiting for it to all collapse. But then I visited Tokyo and I had the ceiling of my mental equivalent blown up. Now I don't know about much about the culture or how that all came to pass or what is below the surface that I don't know about. But I do know that my mental equivalent has expanded. My awareness is different. I have a new reborn idea of what a city can be and I like it. And I like it also for me. Now, maybe that vision was always in me, and it's come alive in a very personal way, because now I'm all about cleaning up my act, my home, my car, my consciousness, my life, my commitments, my agreements, what I leave behind. Because while I am here, experiencing this ephemeral life, I want to be reborn frequently into new ideas of how to be. I don't want to just settle for normal. So I ask myself this season of renewal, where else can I expand my acceptance where else can I come back to life? And how will I do it? Well, here are some of the ways I know about how to do it. and Maybe you have your own list. Spiritual study is one of the ways we can expand our acceptance. It's like the flagship of our teaching. Study. Nature. Nature is a teacher of expansive thinking. I remember seeing a sign once that said, go outside, the graphics are awesome. <laughs> Travel is a mind expander, and you don't need to fly 5,000 miles to, tra to travel. You know, I just went for a walk through downtown Santa Rosa yesterday afternoon to look and see and witness, note the changes now and 30 years ago, it's mind-expanding. Art, poetry, literature, dance, always, always more powerful than any social media platform. 
and anything and everything that nudges the individual mind to expand so that spring, each new spring when it comes around has an opportunity to be. So I'll tell you something I did and I invite you to do it. Delete Facebook. I did. Delete Instagram. I did. Cut down on your phone screen time by two-thirds because it'll make your phone smarter. (laughs) And it'll help you, as it has helped me to notice, that right now and forever, there is a spring of some kind happening and you are its witness and participant. And imagination plays as an important role as participation in this process of renewal. I'm aware that to grow in life, I have to mentally put myself in the picture as a participant, for, for example, when I'm imagining like our vision for our movement, a world that works for everyone, now I have a new mental equivalent of everyone picking up after themselves, <laughs> respecting each other and the environment, being mindful, and now I get to put myself in the picture and ask, what's my part to play in this? How am I showing up and how can I show up? And it reminds me of Don Miguel Ruiz and the Four Agreements with his invitation to dream a new dream. And we'll do a bit of that at the end of the message today. But first I want to go back to that idea of being at peace with change while also being aware of that which never changes by asking, what doesn't change? And the closest human experience that I can think of is love, agape love, not romantic love, agape love. I told my godson, there is nothing you can ever do that will stop me from loving you. And I meant it. You see, my grandmother told me the same thing. And I remember the impact of that on me. Now, my godson was very connected to me when he was six years old and as he grew up through his preteens. And he grew up and he grew up. And with each spring, he changed. And his attention moved on. And he became fascinated with a larger world. And I longed for that kid who thought I was fascinating. (laughs) And I tried to hold on, you know, by staying in contact, sending gifts. (laughs) And then years went by and I wouldn't hear from him. Years. And then one day, he texted me. (laughs) Oh, it was like a cherry blossom spring for me, you know. But it wasn't the same blossom. He was a whole new version of himself. The same human, but a different expression. But what was the same was the love. 
And I can see now how I might get distracted in life by focusing on what isn't present anymore. By focusing on what has been withdrawn. By focusing on what is no longer available. By focusing on what isn't the same anymore. And so I'm learning again this spring to give myself over to what is actually present. So that when life shows up, I am available to it. So that I can take that deep breath of inspiration and witness it. And also to practice imagining myself in it in a greater way. Now, I mentioned Don Miguel's Ruiz's Dreaming the New Dream, and I have adapted his meditation for time and for content for our purpose today. So I invite you to close your eyes or to keep them open if that feels good for you and to let these words be for you a guide. And if any words in this meditation do not feel comfortable or appropriate for you, just step back from them and adjust them with your own words silently in your head. I invite you to forget everything that you have learned in your whole life. (laughs) This can be the beginning of a new understanding and a new dream. Your perception of reality is changing and evolving and can at any time. Because you have within you a creative power. So why not dream a different dream? Why not use your mind and your imagination and your emotions to dream a new heaven? Imagine you have the ability to see the world with different eyes whenever you choose. See yourself living a new life, a new dream. It's a life where you don't need to justify your existence And you are free to be who you really are. Imagine that you have permission to be happy and to really enjoy your life. Imagine your life is free of conflict with yourself and with others. Imagine living your life without fear of expressing your dreams. Imagine you're not afraid to ask for what you need, to say yes or no to anything or anyone. Imagine living your life without the fear of being judged by others or yourself. Imagine you have no need to control anyone, and no one controls you either. Imagine living your life without judging others, And that you have dropped the need to be right. And you don't need to make anyone else wrong. And you respect yourself as well as everyone else. Imagine living without fear of loving. Without fear of not being loved. Imagine you are no longer afraid to be rejected. And you have no 
need to be accepted. And that you can say, I love you, with no shame or justification. Imagine walking through this world with your heart completely open, living your life without being afraid to take a risk or to explore life. Imagine you are not afraid to lose anything. You're not afraid to be alive in the world. And you're not afraid to move on from it. Imagine that you love yourself just the way you are. That you accept your body just the way that it is. That you love your emotions just the way that they are. I recognize one spirit in and through all creation as being the source of all that is. It is the foundation upon which all renewal and birth is based. And it is the creative source of that which gives rise to everything. I recognize and salute both the eternal and the ephemeral. I recognize and salute both the continuity of life and the changes within it. And I say yes to being a witness to life through my awareness. Today I give thanks for the persistence of universal life, of universal love, as my guide and my teacher now and in each life expression to come.